Good morning, everyone. Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Brought to you by Refreshment Services Pepsi. The Mary Griffith Show is powered by Harvest Ridge Coffee. Premier coffees roasted and delivered in small batches. I'm on my second cup already on this very frigid morning. If you're out and about and you're cold, stop by your local convenience store and pick up a delicious Harvest Ridge coffee. Dr. Brandon Breening has joined me, and on his coffee cup, he has some kind of strange man. Who is this strange man? It's not you. No, we don't, we don't recognize uh, uh, John Paul II uh, when you see him. That's Pope John Paul II when he was young? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm thinking about going to Poland and walking in his footsteps. Yeah? Yeah. Are you going to yeah. go on that trip? No. Oh, you ought to. Well, you got to meet John Paul II, didn't you? Or you got well, to be close. Well, it's not like we shook hands or anything, <laughs> but I mean, I... I was I was in the same building as him at one point. Yeah. Was that the TWA uh, dome down in St. Louis at yeah, the time? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's actually where my wife picked up this sticker cuz uh the Fellowship of Catholic University Students or Focus uh had their annual meeting in St. Louis and there were like 20 plus thousand people down there. Wow. Um maybe not quite as many as went to see the Pope, but a lot. A lot. So what is it like? How old were you, by the way, when you saw the Pope? Uh, I would have been 17 or 18. So I would have been your I was wife, still in high school. I would have been 17. You didn't even know your wife. No. She was there no. separately. No. 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 My wife just went to the same place in St. Louis last in oh. the first week in January. Oh, I see. Uh, they had a conference down there. That's where she got the sticker. So that's where so. she got this rocking John Paul II when he was like a very young priest. Yes. Sticker. And she thought that you were worthy of this to be put on your coffee I think she just didn't cup. know what she was going to do with it, so she gave it to me. She found a few other ones. I could, okay. Hmm? I mean, of all the things to say to a husband, and I say weird things to my husband, but for Molly to say, honey, you remind me of a young pope. A I don't think strange. that she, she, I think she just thought it would, it's I would cool. like it. It's certainly something that uh, sparks conversation, yeah, obviously. It obviously so. did. So who you knew know, that Pope um, John Paul II yeah. was so rocking when in, he was young? In very, you can't read it on the side, but it says, be not afraid. So I don't know. Maybe oh. she thought I was scared of the dark or something. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, so, no. I was scared of drinking water. A lot of people are scared of drinking water, Mary. This Why? is not coffee. This is water. So. Why are people afraid to drink water? What did you say? Why do you say that? I well, got dehydrated yesterday, and I got a, he- I got water, a headache bad. They just don't like it. Um, you know, uh, the people that are uh, people with rabies are actually afraid to drink water. Yeah, they're terrified of water. But now let's uh, talk about that because Quincy, the quality of water here is said to be pretty good, as opposed to excuse me, what comes out of the tap in Hannibal. I find yeah. that taste to be a little bit offensive. But is it because we're so used to having everything flavored that we can't just open up the tap and drink water anymore? We have to have some kind of flavoring in it, and those flavorings often don't have good things in them. Yeah, well, I think so. But I also think that, uh, I don't know if there's been any studies or anybody look into this. This is just a, a, a theory that I have. Uh, it used to be that we ha- we couldn't really drink water like we do now because water was not safe for us. And that's why the uh, founding fathers were really half drunk all the time. Because yeah. Beer, because... beer had been fermented and... And yes. hard spirits were good to drink. I mean, Benjamin Franklin, he didn't know why, but he knew every time he drank water, he got sick. So yeah. he just, you know, stayed Stopped south. Stopped drinking half water. The time. Yeah. So, so historically, we've had flavored water for 
thousands of years. I've and, got and now we, water. we have clean water that yeah and well you you boiled the water when you, usually when you make coffee you right. get it really hot and that's going to to kill things in it. So um you know, I I think that that probably does play into some of our desire to not drink plain water, but plain water is definitely good for us. Now, the other day I had a really bad headache, and I came home and I drank a lot of water, and I found that I thought I was dehydrated. You can kind of tell when you're dehydrated by pinching the back of your hand, and if it doesn't pop back right away, does that mean you're dehydrated? Uh, it can. It can in... in, uh, in as we age that becomes more uh harder because we're not as elastic right so, so the it'll elasticity stick up it'll stick right. up there whether you're hydrated or not because you've Sometimes. got old skin yes okay but, but that may be a, you may still be a symptom you know whether uh uh, people in nursing homes tend to be dehydrated as we age. I've talked about this before. Our thirst center in our brain, the 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 part of our brain that says, "Hey, dummy, you're thirsty. Drink something," uh, dries up. Uh, so we don't think about drinking. That's why I've, I talk about well, make it a habit of all right. I just get up in the morning and I I drink water. Right? I have a cup whether I feel like I need it or not. Uh, because as we get older, we're not going to have that sensation that says, "Hey, drink." So. Within reason, there is no way to drink too much water. I mean, we've heard about people who, you know, had eight gallons or something at once and, you know, it's harmed them. But by and large, you know, having a gallon of water a day could be nothing but beneficial to you. By and large, yeah. I mean, depending on a lot of other factors that go into what you're eating and all that, um, because obviously you don't want to... Uh, thin your body out so much that you don't have enough electrolytes to take care of things. But in order to do that, you would have to try really, really hard and drink a lot of water. So, now, on a really cold day like today, I think this is also a day, and I think that's why I had a headache yesterday, because I just didn't have any thirst. I didn't want to drink any water, yeah. and water is, I'm not going to drink warm water usually. Right. And so it's just an aversion but as soon as I forced myself to drink about 16 ounces of water, within 15 minutes, my headache was gone. Is that one of the symptoms of dehydration is headache? What are some of the symptoms? Um, it certainly can be. Uh, you know, I haven't had to know the symptoms of dehydration for a while, Mary. But, uh, you know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Once you pass that class, you're expected to retain that information forever, forever doctor. Right. Um, you know, uh Body aches uh, can certainly be there. Uh, you know, uh, cramping is a symptom of dehydration. Uh, so just to name a few of the ones that would commonly come into my office. So Yeah, cramping. If you wake up in the middle of the night with muscle cramps in your legs, that can be a sign that you're dehydrated. Yeah. It's, it can be it, other things, too. It's but. either water or lack of minerals or uh, something else that is often very rare. Right. Mm. So the... if if you if it's not water, it's almost always minerals. And if it's not that, well, let's get some blood work done. Dr. Brandon Breeding, my guest today, as he is on the what is today the third. It's the Tuesday? third Tuesday of the month. Gosh, yeah, been doing how did this for we a get long there? Time. I don't know. Already, 2024. You talk a lot about quit making New Year's resolutions. Just try every day to be just a little bit better. Drink a little bit more water. Drink a little bit less of some other things. Although you are very bad because you gave my husband some homebrew. What is that cup called? Glog? Glog, yeah. 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 
He's enjoyed that. He hasn't had to go to work, so usually at night can't have a cocktail. It's a different way to warm you up. It's It's a different way to warm you up. Different way than coffee. So yeah, as soon as school was canceled yesterday, he said, "Hey, I don't have to drive a bus. I think I'll have some Glock." Um, How harmful is alcohol? You know, I think sometimes we it can have some beneficial effects. Obviously, there's a tipping point. It's kind of like chocolate. Chocolate itself is not bad for you. It's the 14 candy bars I ate the other day that could be detrimental. Could be. Um, Yeah. Alcohol does have some benefits. Uh, Alcohol, interestingly enough, is the only uh, nutrient that uh, goes straight from the stomach to the liver. Um, So, like, proteins and, and fats and that they they get processed uh through the rest of the body uh uh well through the rest of the intestinal tract but alcohol literally gets absorbed in the in the stomach and taken straight to the liver uh so uh that's why it hits so fast uh because it's absorbed way uh, way earlier than some of these other things that we have um so you know alcohol the big worry with alcohol is always going to be what it does to your liver um and too much can certainly uh have a lot of detrimental effects on the liver um is there know. a way to come back from that well you know uh, the good news with your liver is that it is uh very regenerative uh you can actually cut out um two thirds three quarters of your liver uh, and in two years, you'll have a full liver again uh, because it will grow back. Uh, I don't know why you'd want to cut out two-thirds of your liver, but, uh, you know, that they've done studies where that has happened. So It's pretty uh, amazing. That is amazing. So, yes, uh, you know, you can the, the liver will regenerate uh, if given enough time and the right things. Uh, livers, uh, if they could choose their favorite food, uh, for you to eat, they would like for you to have milk thistle. Really? Just all milk thistle all the time and your liver would be happy? Well, no. I mean, the liver needs other nutrients too, but milk thistle makes a a happy liver. And why is that, doctor? You can't just make a statement like that and not back it up. The studies have shown that, uh, where do I get milk thistle? Uh, well, you could go by the road and find some milk thistle and try and eat it, or you could just get it in pill form. Okay. But uh, or or there's actually liquid forms too. Uh, but uh, uh, milk thistle, oh, it's also known as Cardus marianus. It's also known as the the part of the milk thistle that is most helpful to us is called sulimarin. Um, so uh, you'll see a lot of liver formulas will have that in it. Okay, silly so. Marin. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gosh, I always learn so much. Learn about you. So if you are worried about your liver, liver health, you could supplement with milk thistle. Yes, but Available. it's also good to stop doing the things that abuse it. Yeah, that's better. <laughs> Available at Breeding Total Wellness Center or at a local over-the-counter pharmacy yeah. near you. Okay, you brought a whole bunch of stuff to talk about today. I brought uh, one one interesting article. Um, I'll, I'll you be know. the judge of that. <laughs> I, I'm sure that uh, you will. Uh, this talks about uh, T3, uh, which is... Uh, the little sister of T2 and T1. <laughs> it, no, no, it's not. It's not the third Terminator movie. Um <laughs> No, it's uh, T3 is uh, thyroid. Uh, 
try iodine, whatever, you know, T3. It's way easier to say T3, right? Um, So T3 is the active form of our thyroid molecules, right? Uh, Thyroid produces these molecules, uh, T3, T4. Uh, the conversion uh, from T4 to T3 usually happens in the liver, uh, but uh, the active form uh, is T3, so that's the useful form. However, we do not often measure T3 when we are doing uh, looking at thyroid initially. So... Are you recommending we should look at that? Uh, more they're often? recommending that we should. I've always recommended that we should look at that as well because we don't actually know what the thyroid is doing. Most of the time when we measure a thyroid, we look at uh, TSH or thyroid stimulating hormone, which does not even come from the thyroid. Uh, all that TSH tells you really is whether or not your brain is working. You really are into blood work more than I think the average medical doctor. Why, Doctor Brandon Breening, are are you so interested in measuring so many different things in the blood? I'm interested in measuring different things because I want to know the full picture. Um, for example, uh, let's talk about ferritin. Uh, ferritin is a measurement of your stored iron in your body. Uh, however, if you get sick, ferritin is also an acute phase reactant. So uh, if you are sick when your blood work is done, your ferritin could be falsely high. Um, how would we know? Well, you could tell me you're sick, but I could also, if I've done a C- CBC, a complete blood count with differential, uh, I can look at that blood work and say, oh, look, your uh, white blood cell count was slightly elevated from it what it should be. Were you sick? And you're like, oh, yeah, I was sick. Or I got sick two days later. Okay, well, it was coming on here. Uh, So we want to look at not just part of the puzzle. We want to look at as much of the puzzle as we can so that it fits together. So many people don't really, um, well, they don't think about these things, and they don't maybe go and have an annual physical, and they don't take well enough care of their body. And so just as a general rule of thumb, If somebody were to come into your office and say, I'm just curious, I mean, I don't know that there's anything really wrong with me, but I'm wondering, would you go ahead and prescribe that they have like a a pretty complete blood work, uh, even if, you know, on the surface, it didn't seem that anything was wrong with them? I've found lots of things wrong with people that... uh... (laughs) They, they, you know, they, they didn't the feel judge terrible, uh, but they, they did have some things going on. So, yeah, I would definitely take a look at some basic blood work at the very least and, and say, okay, uh, what is going on in my blood uh, that may tell us something? Because, you know, I may feel fairly okay, uh, but maybe I, I don't know, maybe I'm down a little bit more than normal. Um but it's winter, and I just kind of think that's normal. But when I pull the blood work, oh, look, my vitamin D is 16. Well, 16 for a vitamin D measurement is low uh, even uh, by standard medical, standard lab numbers. So, yeah, you're going to be a little bit down in the dumps, but it's no, it's not necessarily winter. It's that you're not getting enough of what you need. So if we bring that up, now if we bring that up and you're still a little down, well, maybe there's something else going on. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's just your personality. Um, But 
it's worth looking at. So Yeah, there, there are so many things that our blood tells us. I just had a story on the news the other day about uh, research down at the University of uh, Texas, San Antonio. And one of the things you and I have talked about on this show is by the time you have renal failure or by the time your kidneys start to go bad, by the time you realize that, it's too late. It is not is not reversible, unlike the liver. It is not reversible. Correct me if I'm wrong. And most of the time, by the time you realize you have a renal problem, because of the tests that they do, it's far too late to even do preventive measures too much. And this thing has some kind of uh, amino acid or something that they can test in your blood, and it will show pretty much... Uh, predict within 10 years if you'll have renal problems. So this would be great for diabetics because diabetics have so much trouble with their kidneys. And yes, we should be on a good, you know, prevention diet, prevention lifestyle anyway. But right. it's kind of like if I know I've got this, it's like the sort of Damocles hanging over your head, then really you got to do something about it. Yeah, I mean, the important thing there is will they, right? Will they? Uh, well, but I mean, know. at least you have, because... The, then they have no excuse for not, but... Because talk about the renal, there's a, like a scale, I think, of one to five on this renal damage scale, you know? And yeah. by the time you, you know, by the yeah. time you're at three, yeah, so, <laughs> you know, uh, that's when they detect it, and it's like, well, it's a little bit late now. Right, usually, uh, and, you know, I'm I'm no nephrologist, so... Uh, they can they can certainly chime in if if I get things wrong, but uh, the the kidney and, and I didn't sleep at a Holiday Inn last night, so we'll, we'll see how this goes. Uh, anyhow, uh, what what we typically look at is glomerular filtration rate, right? Uh, the uh, glom, glomerulus in the kidney is what filters things, and it's like, all right, let's keep this, let's get rid of this, let's keep this, let's get rid of. This. Uh, so we want to see how good of a job it's doing filtering things out because um, we don't want it to be shoving out these huge particles because uh, that means something's wrong. Uh, anyhow, so we look at that number. And that number, depending on what lab you look at, usually I like that number above 90. Uh, you don't start kidney failure until you're in your 60s, uh, not age 60s, but, but in, number, number in is 60s. in the 60s, uh, below 60. Uh, so... Um, and that's that's kind of stage one. You know, I had a patient who, uh, the only patient I ever fired, uh, sadly, uh, <laughs> because we worked and we worked and we worked to try and get some of this kidney stuff back. And I was like, I don't mind continuing working, but I would... I would be remiss to not have you seeing someone who specializes in kidneys at the same time. And they didn't want to do that. So I was like, well, I I can't help you anymore. I'm sorry. I wish I could. And uh, But so when you go and you get these numbers, and if you're in the 90s, you're okay. But anything below the 90s shows you're starting to have a decline. Yeah. And it usually doesn't reverse itself. Um, we have had people where if you catch it early, you can get those numbers back up into normal areas. Um, to if you're sick and your numbers are low, sometimes that can come back up too. Uh, but, um, you know, there's another patient who, uh, I don't know how many years ago was diagnosed with kidney problems, but, uh, their last labs, their 
GFR was in the 80s, uh, which isn't where I want it to be, but it has it, it it comes back up. Now, every now and again, it falls down a little bit, but we keep bringing it back up, and we stay on top of those kidneys, and she's very diligent in watching what she does with her kidneys and taking care of them. So. Yeah, the liver and the kidneys and the lungs, they're all critically important. We'll take a break. Uh, head up to the Ursa Farmers Cooperative to see what's happening on the farm markets today, brought to you by Rex Battery. We are back, Talk Radio 930 WTAD, 943 our time. The Chief of Police of Quincy, Adam Yates, joins me. This is his regularly scheduled time to come on the Mary Griffith Show each month. And, Adam, I guess in your line of work, uh, what a difference a day makes, what a difference a month makes. Last month we were all uh, very uh, upbeat and happy because you're going to have a full-strength force and you had all these new young officers coming on, and now today... I sit across from you expressing, you know, our uh, biggest support from WTAD and all our listening family for uh, an officer who was shot but did survive and Mm -hmm. will make a full recovery. And then another officer who was put in a position to return fire and took a life. And these are two things that police officers have to deal with when they walk out the door every morning. So um, if you wouldn't mind, give us an update on how Officer Hermsmeyer is doing. Well, first, Mary, thank you for your thoughts, and, and, you know, I just can't say thank you enough to our law enforcement partners, I mean, basically regionally, and, you know, all the community support that has been coming our way ever since this happened. And this is something that, you know, for our department is, is tragic, for the officers involved is tragic, for a community, it's, you know, it kind of makes everybody uh, hold their breath and realize that they're are bad things that go on in the world, and occasionally they hit really close to home. But I did talk to Matt this morning. Uh, he is as chipper and upbeat as he ever is. Um, we were we were joking on the phone. He wanted me to make sure I let his day shift lieutenant know not to give his higher back shifts away for <laughs> February because uh, he intends on being here to work. Really, and that soon? He he is he is really? helping. Um, you know. He obviously has some uh, an injury that he is going to have to address uh, that, you know, again, we expect him to make a full recovery, but, you know, there are going to be probably some physical therapy and some range of motion things that are going to have to be worked on over the next couple of weeks. But if I know Matt, and, you know, I, I've, I've said this before, Matt is always a guy that was very um, cognizant of his you know, of his physical fitness, of being in shape. Um, you know, he, he understands that, you know, though he's been around for 25 years, uh, he's always been a guy that's always been very up on that kind of stuff. And it's always important when you when you have something like this happen, I mean, your, your mental and physical um, athleticism comes into play. And, yeah, and the, the willingness to want to get better and, and think. And the other thing was it was, a, it was a wound that kind of went through a fleshy part of his arm, right? So it didn't hit bone or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, nothing, no, no major injuries. <laughs> um, Anytime a bullet goes through you, though. Yeah, no, they're, yeah, they're <laughs> definitely. Like, oh, big deal. I'll be back to work yeah, tomorrow. No. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody. I think of the Monty Python that talks about it. It's just a flesh wound. It's just a flesh wound. Um, <laughs> but, no, I mean, it's, it's always serious, but it, it could have been a lot worse than it yeah. was. So we're thankful. So let's talk about the other aspect of this, and that is a police officer went to work that morning and was called to a scene and witnessed uh, a suspect shoot, um, hit a fellow officer, and that officer, the second officer then, returned fire, critically wounding and then fatally wounding uh, the person. 
um, you're not at liberty right now to mention that name. And in fact, the Quincy Police Department's not really involved in the investigation at all. Illinois State Police are, are doing correct. that. So, so you wouldn't be the primary source for me to ask these questions to as well. But talk about that psychologically. I mean, it doesn't matter that it was justified. Yeah. Uh, there has to be an emotional toll on someone who shoots and kills somebody. You know, there's a, a very um, significant psychological assessment that goes into every police officer prior to them even getting hired. And, you know, I, I've never met a police officer that got into the line of work because they wanted to, you know, have the opportunity to find themselves in a situation like this. It, you know, it, it just, it, it's, it's terrible whenever somebody has to take a life. And, you know, we have to remember that, you know, as, as much as, you know, we're there to save the day, I mean, all of us are there to protect property, protect life. Um, and, 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 and if we have to use force, use the minimum amount of force necessary to make sure that we can get the job done, keep people safe, but not do undue harm on, on anyone. And so, you know, from just the law enforcement perspective, any time an officer is put into one of these situations, it can be very difficult. I mean, a lot of times the training and experience will take over. Um, but after that happens, there's still the realization that, you know, a life was lost and it was because of, you know, the actions that, you know, whether or not you had a choice, it, it still is your responsibility. And sometimes that can be difficult for officers to deal with. So, um, and so that officer is not on duty at this moment. No, actually, uh, both officers are on administrative leave right now. After something like this happens, there's an internal review of everything that, that took place. Um, and, you know, we will do that. Obviously, the Illinois State Police are doing their criminal investigation. So, um, you know, we will wait till that concludes you know a lot of people they 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 don't remember or don't think about the fact that technically the officer is now a suspect in a homicide and so that that invest it'd be just like any citizen that had to use force on someone out on the street and, because and, and shoots them although the media and everybody says that guy shot the officer i mean technically we have no proof of that at the moment the, yeah it's, all, I, it's I mean, all part of an investigation if he was alive and if he did survive he probably would have pled not guilty now <laughs> too, you know yeah. so i mean uh, i've been very careful to say the suspected shooter i mean it kind of sounds silly in a way uh, you know, I mean, I can probably say with 99% accuracy that this guy shot Officer Hermsmeyer, and that's why the whole chain of events happened. But until the investigation is complete, we won't know for fact. But the bottom line is this has been a chance for every emotion to be shown. Mm -hmm. And first and foremost, for people to support the Quincy Police Department and for Adams County Sheriff, Illinois State Police, Quincy firefighters were on my show last Friday. They expressed, you know, their support for you guys. Um, everybody to rally. So from the lowest low can come, you know, a, a buoyancy of, of support. But, you know, this is the day you never, as chief, ever want right. to see. When never. was the last time we had an officer shot? Uh, the last time that, that I recall was, I think, 2011. Wow. Uh, we had an officer that was shot and hit in the gun belt out by the airport. So there were no uh, physical injuries, but technically around did hit the officer. Um, so that's that's the last one. That, now, we did have a shooting in 2015, I believe, uh, where an officer had to use deadly force on a suspect who had produced a replica gun, but that officer was not shot in that situation. So, uh, yeah, it's it's it just it, it kind of makes everybody um just remember that the men and women of any law enforcement agency, but the Quincy Police Department in this case, are out there doing a dangerous job. And you never know 
when the situation is going to present 11 itself. 11 o'clock in the morning right. on a Thursday. Yeah. I mean, so we just never know, and that's why we train as hard as we do, and that's why, you know, we encourage our officers to always be ready to respond to something like this because, like I said, we just never know. Adam Yates, the chief of police, my guest today, 10 minutes away from Fox News at the top of the hour. We'll take a break. When we come back, there are other things to talk about, including the fact that new officers have been installed at the Quincy Police Department. So we'll talk about that and everything else that's going to come up in 2024. our time. Adam Yates is my guest today, and uh, we've talked about some serious issues now with uh, police officers being shot and returning fire. But, uh, hey, great picture of you, I think, in one of the social medias about you helping a little kid pick out a toy or something around Christmas time or bag of food or something. Oh, I Uh, think There's lots of great things happening, you know, at the the Quincy Police Department, too. And you've got new officers now. We do. We uh, we just hired our 73rd officer um, on December 28th, I believe, was the date. So um, we got those all sworn in at the first city council meeting of 2024. So right now we're at full staff. Again, we still have about 10 to 12 officers that are going through training, but uh, some and of those... And two on administrative leave now. And right now, of course, two on administrative leave. But, um, but you know, we, we're working through those, and, and we'll continue to get those officers trained up. And, you know, as I say... I'm good with if I would like to be at 70 as far as manpower goes. That's a good number for us. If we have two or three that are in training, we kind of always expect that's going to be the case. But 70 is a really good number for us to to staff the shifts the way they need, avoid mandatory overtime, and do some of the proactive things that we want to get done. Yeah, you know, we talk a lot about budgeting and everything, and, and mandatory overtime is just from a taxpayer. To me, that's awful because, number one, you need rest and relaxation from your job, especially when you're a police officer. And number two, when you're paying people overtime, I mean, to me, you could hire more officers. But right. as we have discussed, it is difficult to find people that want to go into this line of work. Now, uh, the three new ones you hired after the incident that happened, they didn't say, uh, Chief Yates, I just had a change of heart. I don't think I want to be a police officer. No. No. Um, but... Is it? St- are you are you constantly recruiting? Are you looking for the next three officers to start? You know, or are you are you set now? Are you full? I know. I mean, I th- I think it's recruiting is ongoing. Um, you know, the Board of Fire and Police Commissioners has a hiring list that they establish once a year. So any any hiring of new officers goes off that list. There's a continuous list of lateral transfer officers as they apply. That list continuously updates. So, you know, we. It's not that we're not constantly recruiting, but we only take applications for about six weeks every year. So what we do is we establish, you know, contacts, and then we reach out to these folks when it is time to put an application in and let them know so that they can then go through the hiring process. So, so you're constantly looking, even if at that moment you don't need somebody, you have to keep that pipeline because it's such a long pipeline to get right. them hired and trained and on the force. Yeah, it, I mean, it takes a long time just to get to the testing process, and then once you're, say, certified on the list, it might take another six, you know, potentially 12 months for you to actually get hired if you're high enough on the list. So um, it, it's a constant process. And and when people reach out, have questions, we collect their information, answer any questions they have, and then make sure that we let them know once it's time to fill out an application. Crime, in a sense, is seasonal. Uh, I watched the police blotter the other day. It was so cold, nobody bothered to go out and commit any crime. Right. <laughs> uh, it, it, but, I mean, people that are drug addicts still have to have buy drugs. People that you know need to buy drugs still have to steal something. 
do you do you perceive that there that how much is drug and drug activity and the need for drugs and the need to get money for drugs? How big a part does that play in crime in Quincy? Well, I mean, I think it, it's a it's a presence. You know, I don't know that we would attribute every burglary, um, every theft to someone that's out stealing because they're trying to fuel a drug habit. But, you know, it certainly goes on. Um, you know, it's always hard. You know, you talk about wintertime, you know, it, things always seem to slow down in wintertime. But I've always said whether this is accurate or not is, you know, during the wintertime, most people are inside. So they're minding their own business. It's when summertime and everybody's outside acting like a fool, then their neighbors are calling and, and we're responding. So when they're in their house, their own house, and there's stuff going on, maybe they don't want to involve us, so they don't. So, you know, I, we, we, we generally kind of see things calm down a little bit in the wintertime. Of course, we say that, you know, after what happened last week. Um, but you don't know what goes on behind closed doors. This right. could be domestic abuse can go up at this time of life right. or time of year because now people are forced to be inside right. with each other and all the little things. The kids are on your nerves today because there's no school and exactly. all these pressures. Right. Yeah, there's there's just not as much societal interaction during the wintertime. And so, therefore, you see, you know, downturning calls for service. And, and you know, we're always there. Uh, we're always out there doing the things that we need to do, especially when the roads are like they are. You know, responding to traffic crashes and trying to keep people safe on the roadways becomes a priority. Um, so it, it just really depends on the day of the week. What about our homeless population? Do you come in contact with them now? You know, I mean, obviously some people refuse any kind of shelter, and so they are out there. It, do, do officers come in contact more with, with homeless people or or mentally ill and downtrodden people this time of year? I mean, I think it's it's pretty regular for us. You know, obviously when the temperatures drop, the way they do, you know, or the way they are right now, you know, it becomes more of a concern. There's warming shelters, you know, trying to make sure that folks have are at least aware of the resources that, that are available to them. Whether or not they, like you said, choose to take advantage of them would be up to them. Um, you know, we've got a couple that will, you know, sit in our lobby from time to time because it's so cold, and and we generally try to deter that type of activity uh, because it's a place of business and people are coming and going. But when the temperature drops as, as low as it is right now, um, or you, you can know, escort them or tell them to go just a few blocks away to the sure, center. yeah, if there's if there's somewhere. I mean, to you're not going to turn anybody away that's really truly cold. No. No, no, and, and, and it's a public lobby. Right, they have the right lobby, to sit in yeah. chair just like anybody does. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, there, there's always, you know, this is the time of year, I think, where you get more concerned about their safety and their well-being. Right. And, you know, so we try to do everything we can for them. Anything else? We've got just about 30, 40 seconds. Anything you want to say uh, as far as people? I know that one of the things we always talk about is traffic accidents actually um, impact more people and cause more economic harm than a lot of, you know, petty burglary and stuff. So just be safe this time. Of year. Yeah, it looks like, you know, this snow and ice is probably going to be around for a little bit. So, you know, just, you know, even though the roads are, are fairly clear, you know, you never know when you it's going to. Yeah, there's, there, you're going to hit something. And, and so just be careful, slow down, get where you're going and just want to make sure everybody stays safe. Okay. Thank you so very much. And again, we know that the 2024 has not started off on the lightest note uh, for the Quincy Police Department. But, uh, you know, we are you are there for us every day and we hope that we're there for you. So back the blue, as they say, and WTAD certainly does. And uh, uh, I will say uh, this is the first holiday season. Despite your stepped up enforcement, I haven't been arrested for like being out at three o'clock in the morning suspiciously when I'm just going to work. So, but you know, I wish an officer had been around when I was sprawled out in the middle, 
Street the other day. <laughs> Thank you very much, Adam Yates. And, folks, that's it for today. We'll do it all again tomorrow on The Mary Griffith Show, brought to you by Pepsi.